Welcome to Ink Drinkers, a literary tea party podcast where we discuss books and drink tea. Hello. Hi, Jamie. (laughs) Hi, Marissa. (laughs) You look super cheerful today. Do I? I actually put on a little bit of makeup, and I got to sleep for a decent amount of time, so I feel awake. That's awesome. Also, um, yesterday was not a really nice day um, weather-wise, but today it's, I don't know if you've been outside yet, but it's, obviously it's hot, but it's breezy and Mm. really nice. Um, Maybe I should go for a walk. You can even hear the birds chirping. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I would go for a walk. Yeah. Um, It was really nice this morning, although... If you wait to go for a walk in a few hours, <laughs> it might not be so nice anymore. Like when, when we finish this podcast, it's going to be miserable. Yeah. Um, I stayed up late last night finishing, finally, The Mentalist. There were oh, seven yeah. seasons, okay. and I finally oh, wow. finished it. And? I miss it. Is okay. that weird? No. Did you like the way it ended? Okay. It had a super, like, sappy ending, like... Almost like sometimes when you read a romance novel and everything just ties up so perfectly in the epilogue and you're like, hmm, but also I was perfectly okay with it because I loved the characters so much. Mm -hmm. I wanted everything to be perfect for them. I understand that. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Sometimes it's nice, especially in a novel, that things don't necessarily all go perfectly because real life, (laughs) but um, especially when you're invested in... I don't know. I feel like TV shows, especially if they have a book component to them and you're reading both things and seeing the characters, it, you feel, you feel more invested. Yeah. And this, I mean, there was no book component to this, right. but I did spend seven seasons with these characters right. yeah. and so, yeah, I wanted everything to work out perfectly for all of them. Well, I'm sorry for your loss. Um, <laughs> I am <laughs> grieving. I will be grieving for a few days, the loss of the mentalist, until I can find another show, show to replace it. Yeah. But I'm really, like, it was just so random that I picked that show. Um, but I'm really glad it found me. <laughs> it found me at the right time. I don't know whose turn it is. Um, I don't, I don't know either. Why don't you go? Okay. I will. So the book I'm talking about today, I actually read at the end of 2020. Okay. Um, and I started rereading it due to recent events. I'm not trying to sit here and make this podcast political by any means, but given what happened recently um, at the Supreme Court, it made me want to reread this book. And as I started rereading it, I'm only like I'm still in the first chapter of my reread but I just really wanted to talk about it because it resonated with me and maybe it will resonate with other people who are looking for something to read right now you know yeah definitely so all of that to say this is (laughs) the moment of lift by Melinda Gates okay wife of Bill Gates yes (laughs) so well ex-wife yeah of Bill Gates yeah I think you've told me about this book before or maybe you just said I read 
I may have because um, I think it's a really great book. And the ladies in my um, retreat book group told me about it. I had never heard about it before. And they were like, all like, oh, yeah, it's so good. And so that's why I read it. And I found it amazing. Um, Essentially, I do have to say, when the after reading this book, when um, the information came out about Bill and Melinda splitting up, I was like, no, <laughs> I was so upset. Because, I mean, she talks about her relationship with Bill in this book. and In a positive way? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, it was written Because it was written when they were together. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a recent book. Um, I don't know exactly what year, but I believe it came out during Trump's presidency. Okay. So, fairly recent book. They were together. Maybe things weren't great at the time. I don't know. Right. But you wouldn't know it by reading this book. Okay. So, I was upset whenever I heard the news. Um, but anyway, the the main point of the book is empowering women and lifting up women. And she says the moment of lift is when the forces pulling us up are greater than the forces pushing us down. Like a plane liftoff mm-hmm. was kind of the analogy that she okay. gave. And so she says, sometimes all that's needed to lift women up is to stop pulling them down. And so her whole book is about how we can empower women. Um, it's a lot of it is about the work that her foundation does because she there's they have the Gates Foundation. I don't know what's happening with that now that now that they're split I don't know who's going to be handling that or whatever but um she traveled around the world um trying to figure out how they could best help with their foundation and what she found was when you empower women whether that's giving them contraception giving them the same jobs as men have um paid family leave, whatever that may be, when you empower women, you make the world a better place. Yeah. Um, And so some of the things that she talks about, she talks a lot about contraception and family planning and making those available to people and how important that is. 100%. And how we can empower women when they can decide if or when they want to have a child, allowing women to space out their children if they want to, that kind of thing. She talks about how important that is for women. And she does talk about the fact that she is a Catholic and that these go against the Catholic views. And the Vatican is not happy with her for going out and doing this work and, you know, um, still saying that she's a Catholic, essentially. So that was a big fight for her personally to be able to do that. Um, but this is something that she feels strongly about. And so she did what she felt was right. Um, so she started with the contraception thing and she went around the world and she talked to women, a lot of, um, women from like African countries who, you know, have a lot less power than we do here. And less, less education and knowledge about, Uh, about these things in general. Right. And, um... Yeah, so she talks about talking with these women and she shares some of their stories and they talk about how they have to, you know, walk 
two and a half miles to go get their birth control shot and how if it was more accessible to them, it would make their lives easier and all these kinds of things. And that's part of what the Gates Foundation does is making these things more acceptable and providing them with education and tools that they need and stuff like that. But what she says is that in discovering this, this led to other discoveries that um, women also need access. I know I've said some of this already, but women also need access to the same jobs as men. Um, women and men need paid family leave. Um, it's important to eliminate gender bias. And the thing that has stuck with me since reading this book is she talks about encouraging men to share the household work. And she calls this unpaid work. And that's what really stuck with me, is thinking of the job that so many women do in the household that's unpaid, but it's still work. Yeah. No, I mean, people just don't think about it. Exactly. Unless you're doing it. Exactly. Right. And look, I don't have a family that I have to take care of. It's just me. But... I notice it when, say, I go to the beach with my family and my mom's cooking dinner and my mom's cleaning up after. I mean, I help. I'm not saying like, but right. I notice it when I'm with other families, you know what I mean? Or my family. Um, And so to me, it's important to put a name to it. And I like that she's like, this is unpaid work. This is what it is. So it's also important, she says, to get men to share in that unpaid work so that not all of the burden is going on the women. And I do feel like, I mean, I don't I don't know other people's situations, but I feel like we're starting to realize more and more how important this is. And men are, for the most part, as far as I can tell, starting to take on more of this responsibility. I but, agree with that. And yeah, I mean, I've noticed that more, um, not more, I, Michael has always, um, you know, helped around the house. I mean, a lot. Yeah. And I feel that um, that's becoming the norm for most of the people in our generation, you know. Um, I agree. But I was going to say it's a generational it thing. It is. And it goes a lot with um, people, especially our generation, again, really taking a role with children. Yes. Um, with men taking a lot. I mean, I feel like there's still always a role that a mother has that's just more well and you were born with i mean the child was born with a connection to you exactly so yeah, yeah. And, and there's just you know there are certain things that i feel are true and not in a sexist way but you know generally women ha- are more um in tune to details and there's just certain things to a degree I feel like, and maybe, maybe I'm making that up and that's not, that's very generalized. (laughs) I would be curious to know, because I get where you're coming from and those are things that I kind of have thought too. Maybe it's not true. But maybe it's not. I'd like to see the the studies and the data. For sure. Um, But um, I think it's, I think it's really nice to see how, how things are changing in that direction in that that regard yeah yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely um but yeah so you know this book I feel like gave me the courage to say that I'm a feminist Mm -hmm. because a lot of times I feel like when we hear the term feminist it's has a negative connotation yeah I agree And, and it's just not and you don't want to be associated with that but 
this book made me realize that when I say that I'm a feminist, I'm just saying that I'm pro women. Yeah, you know what I mean? Of I'm not like, I don't, some crazy, like how, how I've always thought of feminism to be like, ah, oh, I'm gung ho, crazy, blah, whatever. No, I'm just, I just want to lift other women up. Yeah. And, and that's what this book is about. And I think if, um, if women really viewed it that way and used that definition as I'm lifting up other women, exactly. knowing everything that women do and what How they're capable we of, are and can be. Um, I think that that word would be widely considered a positive if if thought of in that way. And it's um, unfortunate that it has negative connotation to it. It is. And it's something that in my mind, I don't, when I say that word now, I don't have any negative connotation. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it's just a matter of trying to get other people to realize that it doesn't need to have that stigma. Right. It just needs to be about being positive and, and lifting up other women. And that's so many things. Yeah. No, like absolutely. If, if we could just try to view things with a positive lens, um, sometimes it's really not as negative as we make it in our... You know what I mean? Like there's just so many things that... Everything like, could have a positive spin to a degree. Let's give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And sometimes that's harder. That's easier said than done. For sure. For sure. But um, that's the goal. Yeah. I, um, I'm looking forward to my reread of this book. Um, I may have more little gems of wisdom to share with you please, as I move along. But, please share. But I think it was a very powerful and important book, and I hope that other people can find, um, I don't know, some inspiration in it, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I definitely want to add it to my list. Um, it sounds like something uh, that should be shared and read. Exactly. It should be shared. So I'm sharing it. <laughs> Okay, what have you got for me today? All right, so I was in um, a summer mood and um, found this series. Ooh, series. So it just came out in May. Um, It's a series by Jenny Han. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's the new series, um, The Summer I Turned Pretty Trilogy. Yes. Have you heard of this? I mean, I've heard of it. Okay. So um, this week I read all three of the books. Oh wow! But they they're relatively short. Yeah. So I think on Audible they're three. I mean six hours, six to seven hours each. Okay. Maybe one was eight. Um, did you did you listen at a faster speed? I didn't. I okay. kind of forgot, and okay. I was able to get through it through them. Um, the book I'm reading now, I did increase the okay. speed. Um. So I started reading these without realizing that uh, the show, the first season on Prime had actually come out. And my sister, in the middle of reading the second uh, book, (laughs) she texted me and she's like, have you um, started watching um, The Summer I Turned Pretty? And I was like, no, I'm actually reading the novels right now. And I wanted to get through the novels before I started to watch it. And I ended up starting the first season in the middle of or like towards the end of the second book just because I already knew what happened in the yeah. first book and um I liked all of it they were obviously in shows they change stuff up or yeah. they add things that were in the other two books into the first one they didn't really quite go 
they changed some storylines. Things kind of didn't pan out exactly the same, but I still equally enjoyed both. The book and the yeah. show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, and I thought the actors were fantastic. Okay, that they cool. Cast. Yeah. That's good. Uh, I will say, so Jenny Han is Asian. Right. Um, and all the, all the boys I loved before um, by her was also an Asian character, but in the book, she's also Asian. Right. This book, the main character is not Asian in the book, but she is Asian in the show. Okay. Um, and she's a relatively new actress. I don't remember her name, but, um, Lola something or other, but I really liked, I liked her. I don't necessarily love the character all the time. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so the series is the summer I turn pretty. Uh, the second one is it's not summer without you. And the third and final is we'll always have summer. So I'm going to mainly talk about the summer I turn pretty just so I don't give anything else away. Um, but the main characters are Belly, who is the main character. Her name is Isabel. And oh. um, she's always gone by Belly. That is a nickname her dad gave her. And so she's 15 at the start of the first book, about to turn 16 this summer. And um, everyone calls her Belly. And it kind of goes along with her still little girl attitude while trying to become you know, a young woman and what goes along with that. Um, just all those first, you know. Um, the next main character is Conrad and Jeremiah Fisher, which are her two best, well, they're basically guys that she's grown up with her entire life. Um, Susanna Fisher is Conrad and Jeremiah's mother. And then Laurel and Stephen are Belly's mother and brother. So Laurel and Susanna have been best friends since forever. They don't exactly say when, if it's like pre-college, but um, they're basically sisters. And so even whenever um, Laurel was pregnant with Belly, every summer they were going to the cousins is where it's located, um, the cousins' house at the beach uh, every summer. And so every summer of her entire life, she has gone to Susanna's, Beach House. Um, she's been in love with Conrad Fisher since <laughs> was she was wondering. 10 years old. I was wondering which which yeah. brother she was uh, in love with. He's the older of the two. Of course. Yeah. Um, What's the age difference between them? Two years. So basically it's Conrad is the oldest and he's 18 at the beginning of the first book. Um, then her brother Stephen is a couple months behind him um, Jeremiah is a year younger than them. And then Belly is a year younger than Jeremiah. Okay. Um, so he's 18, but she, within the summertime, turns 16. So, uh, he, he and Jeremiah have never looked at her in that way. She's their belly button is what they call <laughs> belly her. Belly button. <laughs> and, um, this summer she has gotten contacts and, uh, yeah. she's kind of growing into her womanly figure <laughs> and they talk about all this and it's really funny and cute and, you know, so she, um, it, I don't know. It's a really cute story in the beginning for sure. And one of the quotes at the beginning is, everything good, everything magical happens between the months of June and August. That's cute. And so it's basically, she talks about how winter is just a waiting period to get to the cousin's <laughs> house. Um, but 
the relationships and the character development is just so great. And especially, um, I know this is a story really about Belly and about Conrad and about Jeremiah, but it's also um, about Laurel and Susanna. And being older now um, and seeing their relationship, it's really beautiful. Aww. And they... Um, They've been through a lot of difficult times, and at the end of the day, regardless of husbands or ex-husbands or whatever the situation is, they are each other's best friends, and they are the ones that lift each other up Aww. when nobody else does. That's you know? awesome. Um, and so there's um, definitely some more tough subjects that come up um, in the first book and then continue on into the other two which I'm not going to go into detail because I don't want to ruin anything. Uh, but at the beginning of the summer, Belly feels like this is going to be the summer for her. And this might be the summer that Conrad notices her. <laughs> and um, it ends up being somewhat of that summer, but things seem off. So Conrad is generally... Um, an overachiever. He's good at everything that he does. He's super smart. He's, He's perfect. Really good at all <laughs> sports. Um, he generally does the right thing. Uh, he thinks about other people. He doesn't forget anything. Like he's just a good overall good guy. Um, she notices that he's not engaged. And he is kind of broody and in a bad mood and keeping to himself. And she doesn't really know what's going on and he won't really talk to her. Um, but he's looking at her different and she notices. Um, Jeremiah is also looking at her differently. <laughs> oh, no. And also knows. So Jeremiah is more her best friend. Yeah. So um, he, Jeremiah. <laughs> he is fun-loving, always up for a good time, always has a smile on his face, looking for the positive of things. Um, but he feels like he's in Conrad's shadow and that he just never measures up and he doesn't understand, like, why everyone thinks Conrad's so great. Oh. Um... I just want to say right now, I hope that Jeremiah gets his happiness too. Because it's like, you know, you know, in this kind of book where it's all going, and I just want Jeremiah to be happy too. Don't say anything. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> um, it's really fun, and the way the summer progresses, and there's other characters that come into play, and there's first loves and disappointments, and all, everything that goes along with um, growing pains. And. The one thing I'll say about Belly, it's not that I disliked her. She's just really immature. Yeah. And there are some tough topics that come up. And I think just with her age, you know, thinking back to that age, you really do think that everything centers around you. And it's hard to <laughs> yeah. to fully understand that everyone else is going through things just like you are. And um, it's hard to understand as an adult sometimes. Totally. Totally. Um, but I think that that Conrad is dealing with things that um, that are more adult for him. Yeah, yeah. And Belly doesn't understand. Or she does and she's hurting too, but the way that she lashes out from those same experiences isn't the same, where he's more internal and he tries to act like he doesn't care and he doesn't give, you know, to whatever about anyone else. And he has stopped playing football. He stopped caring about the things that he used to care about and um, – when things start to come to light, it's pretty devastating for everybody. 
Um, and then they have to push through that grief and, and figure, figure things out. And, um, it's really interesting how the other books end up playing out and how you're, you're, I don't know about other people, but I was reading it like, no, why is that happening? No, like that's not what's supposed to happen, right? Like, is that really what's going to happen? And, um, how things work out. I think that they personally, I think they work out the way they're supposed to or the way I thought that they were supposed to. Maybe some people wouldn't agree, but I'm also really interested to see what they do with the show in the Uh next coming seasons. Um, Because it was, again, like I told my sister Elisa, I said, it's not exactly the same. Like there's certain things that happen. Like, well, why wouldn't, why would they change that? Like that didn't need to be changed. Yeah. But um, I really liked the show. There was a few uh, teary moments too. But a lot of laughs and smiles, and it just, it's really feel good. Um, Summertime. That sounds perfect for right now. I've been, like, I feel like I say this every episode, but I've been in a book slump. Surprise, surprise. I think you'd really like it. It's just, it's a really, like, for any, and it's a young adult. Yeah. Genre, romance genre, but um, it's perfect for a TV for a TV adaptation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but I just really liked it. It made me feel good. And now I'm like, oh, I want to read something similar, which I'm not currently reading something similar. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I definitely recommend this, uh, especially I've, for the summertime. I've been through a string of three star books lately. And I don't know if it's my mood or if it's that like the books that just I have been choosing bad books i don't know so try this i'm curious to try this and And then watch the show okay okay yeah i'll do that yeah i would say watch the first i mean read the first book before you watch the show yeah well i'll probably read all of them right but but for other people if you're like what should i start with i would definitely read at least the first novel before you watch the show got it okay yeah Let's talk about our tea okay. that you love so much that you went back and got more in the middle of the episode, <laughs> and I took a sip and went, Bleh. Really? I don't like coconut. Oh. Okay. I love or, coconut. Or pineapple. So, <laughs> we are drinking white daiquiri tea from the, um, from the gift set that I gave Marissa when I got back from Spain. So this white daiquiri tea, um, it's this is what it has in it: te blanco, manzana, coco. Wrong language. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily wrong, just maybe not the one that our listeners are more um, <laughs> more accustomed to speaking. Right. Okay. All right. Let me do English then. It's white tea, apple, coconut, pineapple, blackberry leaves, cocoa flavor, and lime oil. And it says that it contains sugars, just in case you were wondering. Um, I don't like coconut, pineapple, cocoa flavor. <laughs> so um, not my favorite. I think it's really good. It's very refreshing. Um, I told Jamie before when I just before I tasted it and I just smelled it, she just made a really grossed out face. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> um, that it smelled like summertime to me. Um, it just, I think it's the coconut flavor and the smell of it it just it's like sunscreen by the (laughs) pool drinking something cool to warm you off after you just hopped out of the pool and it's 95 degrees outside 95 degrees with a heat index of 120 (laughs) (laughs) Uh uh-huh yeah 
Um, um, I just think it's, I don't like it as much as the sangria. I was going to say, you can drink this by the pool. I want the sangria tea. The sangria tea is better, in my opinion. I agree with that. Um, but I do really like this, and I, I really, like, I wish that I you was. You can have the rest of mine. Okay. Well, <laughs> I feel like I could close my eyes and be by a pool right now, and this is what I would be drinking. You, uh, you hear that? Oh, because we did make it iced tea. We didn't say that, but we turned it into iced tea today. I don't think this would taste good as a hot tea. Oh, no. well, I don't like it either way. I don't. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you're enjoying it. Like it almost smells like banana boat sunscreen. <laughs> so why does that make you want to? I don't drink? know. It doesn't taste like that because it <laughs> smells like coconut. Oh, there's our episode title right there: Banana Boat Sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so. yeah. Freudenfreude? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Freudenfreude? Um, I don't know if I have that or what's keeping me sane. I guess I kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. But, um, since I have a little bit more time on my hands these days, um, with my new work situation, um, I started working out, um, nice. two to three times a week in the morning. Um, and that's been really nice to actually have that ability in time. Yes, to do that it. is awesome. I, funnily enough, I was not going to say this for my Freud and Freud. I have something else, but I started working out this past week too. So um, I started like a specific exercise program. It's called Four Weeks for Everyone. And you're supposed, <laughs> I don't know, you're supposed to do a certain number of them each week. And I did one this past week, which was. I was supposed to do more, but at least it was a start. Of course. So. You got to start somewhere. Yes. And I'm going to go for a walk today, so that'll be another another exercise. Um, but my Freudenfreude was going to be that I went through my TBR list on Goodreads. And Saw that. I have, I've been keeping this list since college. So 2011, over 10 years. Um that this list has been, <laughs> I've been adding to it. And uh, I started with over 800 books on it. And I went through and deleted out anything that I was like, I don't know why I put this on there. I don't have any interest in this. This sounds like a terrible book, whatever. I deleted all those books. I separated out the classics because like those aren't going anywhere. You know what I mean? And you have to be in the mood to read a classic. I'm never going to go like searching through my TBR list and be like, oh, Catch-22. I'd like to read that right now. Right. Um, so I separated those out. And now I'm down to like 225 or something like that, which still seems like a lot. Not how much, Not with how much you read, though. But going through that list made me like remember books that I was excited to read at one time and it made me excited to read them again. Yeah. So I think my plan is to export all of them into a spreadsheet. And then when I'm like, I just don't know what to read next. I'm going to like do a random number generator and pick one from the list and go with it and see if it works. Cool. Yeah. That's really neat. I know. um, That's a really cool process. I'm excited about it because I never looked at my Goodreads TBR list for something to read next because it was just overwhelming and and it had too much on there. Yeah. So now it's actually manageable and I can actually use it for what it's meant for and find something good to read. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. It's exciting. Okay. Well, 
I think I really am going to go for a walk. All right. Well, I'm going to go enjoy the day. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes for the full list of books we discussed today. You can find that in your podcast app or on our website, inkdrinkerspodcast.com. And please support us by subscribing anywhere you listen to podcasts and leaving a review. You can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at inkdrinkerspod. Cheers! Cheers.